Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And we have Todd Young. Hi, Todd. I'm here also. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. All right. This show is brought to you by Fat AZ Muskie Products. You hear me say it every week. Go to fatazmuskie.com if you're looking for rod holders to set up your boat. I had a flurry of activities just in the... It's it's crazy how this stuff comes in, in like just kind of bottlenecks. And, you know, it seemed like when we had that nice fall, like by nice fall meaning borderline summer, like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the rod holder sales slowed down. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe maybe they're ending for the season. As soon as that weather turned like it has the last few days, it's been insane. So much Great. so that I had to send emails to people because I'm waiting on components. So it's crazy. Somebody, somebody may or may not have borrowed another down east. By borrowed, you mean keep? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, it's ex- great. It, you know, it, it turned from 70 degrees to, you know, 40 degrees and 36 in the morning. And it's freaking hard to cast like that. Yeah. Oh, it, my God. It switched yes, hardcore. No. Yeah, it switched hardcore. Um, but anyways, stuff is I, I'm waiting on UPS. So if you're still I'm only out a few days. I don't want to say it's back ordered, but uh, I'm still setting up a lot of boats. I'm helping a lot of people. I'm getting stuff, uh, email, text, uh, some phone calls. You know, just, you know, if you're calling me, leave a message. And I'm doing my best over here. But, you know, we're still kicking butt. So any questions setting up a boat, feel free to contact me. I will give you an honest opinion and help you make a decision that is best for you even if that means not our stuff. You can find the baits at Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Tackle Online with what inventory they have left. There, I made that short and sweet. Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us. Vance and I will be fishing next season from uh, last Saturday in May through November sometime. Uh we're going to do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish. I'll be doing some trips in the early season in Pennsylvania. Um, so far this season, I mean, I, I do have a date open. I can't remember the day. I think it's pending. Yeah. October 29. Yeah. Uh, it's pending. So it's 30. Like yeah. 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 We, we, we have a couple of days where some guys canceled and uh, that, that could all change here real quick. So, but uh, you know, get a hold of us. We can still get you in every once in a while. There's cancellation and, uh, we're going to do our best to get you out there. We're looking forward. I enjoy this time of year. Uh, didn't enjoy it all that much today, but I've enjoyed it the last few days. We'll put it that way. Uh, we'll, we'll talk get a hold about, of us. Yeah, we'll talk more about the weather yeah. here, but we'll, we'll get through these yeah. plugs. Yep. Yep. Uh, Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Uh, check them out. Winterization time. Maybe you're buying a new boat for the spring. Check them out. Um they sell Starcrafts, Star Welds, and D Ranger Boat uh, that sponsors this show and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Big shout out to them. Um, we love our Angler series. We'll, uh, we'll drop a photo or two of my new rig coming in here shortly. 
um, my old rig is sold. Uh, that one's seamless and, um, I'll be in a new 2020 for next year. Um, excited about that. And, uh, just check out Vic's, um, they're great people. They do an open house. You can take your family up there. Food's on the house and you can take your kids up and crawl around in a bunch of boats. It's a fun way to, uh, Hey, Van, through the winter. I'm going to, I'm going to interject here, Vance. Okay. Um, would you recommend me taking my boy into all these boats based off the experience you had with your 2080 at my house when you first got it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, if you take your kids and they break something, you might be able to get something on discount. There you go. It's the sc- it scratch and dent. Yeah. You watch, you take your kids there, you watch the other kids and you watch them smash something and then you go up and get a price. (laughs) So you just pay your kid five bucks to go, Hey, see that, see that big screen right there? Smash it for me. Smash that for me. Take this hammer (laughs) and just put it right through that 12 inch Lawrence thing. It'll be fun. Yeah. Anyway, don't do that. Um, Check them out. Big shout out to St. Croix rods. Uh, we used them all season. Great warranty. I broke three of them. Um, took care of me in seconds. Uh, check them out. I love the trolling, Mojo trolling series. Uh, great rods. Lots of fish caught on them. Beat the heck out of them. Check them out. Big shout out to Baker Bates uh, for sponsoring this show. Enough said about that. I don't think we really have to say anything about it. Okay. They speak for themselves. Okay. Fish Ever- catches. Musky Max. What else are you going to be doing early March, 7 and 8? I'll tell you what you should be doing. You should be going to the Musky Max Plus down in Cannonburg. That's south of Pittsburgh-ish. Um, Princecape Arena. Great venue. Fun for the family. We will be there. Vance will have bells on. And... It's just, it's a great show. So I know we're still like five months out, but mark it on your calendar. It is the place to be. And you'll be able to see my smiling face. You'll see Todd's. It will be a great time. Great bait. I will also be smiling. Yes. I will be smiling. It's, it's, it, to me, that show gets better every year. And, you know, like 2019 did not disappoint. It was a hoot. Uh, go back into the episodes and you can listen to all the shenanigans Vance and I were getting into with or those little baby footballs whipping them and they're hitting everyone else's booths. And well, that was fun. It was You're trying to get the discount. That's right. We were helping, we were looking out for the consumer. So with that, mark it on your calendars and attend. It's a great show. And I think rounding this out will be Muskie's Inc. Todd. Muskie's Inc. Up, up, yo, down, up, and in and out. Yeah. <laughs> throw down. We'll throw back. Yeah, throw back. Throw back a few years. If you don't He's know what the OG right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, check out your local Muskie Inc. chapter. Got them in every state that has some muskies and uh, lots of neat stuff going on. It's your sounding board. It's a way you can get some stuff done, working with your local fisheries. Uh, so much stuff Muskie's Inc. has to offer. Anybody that is a muskie fisherman I feel should be a member of Muskie's Inc. A chapter, whether you're not affiliated or just uh, that, that little donation can do something. It helps build the the uh, the big brand of Muskie's Inc. And 
your local chapters are going to be as involved. You know, you can get as involved as you want. They're always looking for people. Uh, I'm going to be doing a tournament this weekend, uh, casting only, put on by the uh, first tournament I've done in a long time, first Muskie's Inc. tournament I've done in many years. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to give me a day to fish. It'll be my first day to fish all year. Uh, I'm going to be casting and uh, looking forward to doing it. That's the Muskie Inc. chapter putting that on, giving me the opportunity to get out there and fish. I didn't book the day, so that's the kind of stuff you, you, uh, we always used to have a lot of fun doing those tournaments. You know, the clubs have different, uh, tournaments all over the country, really. So, uh, any, any member can get involved in usually any tournament that a Muskie and club's putting on. And, uh, that's a neat thing. The lunge log, lots of stuff going on with Muskie's Inc. So check out your local chapter, get involved and, uh, put some effort into it and the club will give back. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about that tournament. That's in a couple days, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this a Thursday night. So they're not too worried about someone, you know, taking any info that we might be talking about. Do you guys, mm-hmm. you're fishing with Vance, right? Or did that change? No, no. Vance is, Vance has a trip. Oh, so are you fishing alone? No, I have another fellow fishing with me. Okay. One of my clients. Okay. So then, do he you wants to fish? So I said, let's do this. Do you have a plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't think it was that hard of a question. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is this year. You know, it's a little, been, little there's truth been, serum just there's came been up. Many, there's been many years. This is the way this stuff works out. There's been many years. This time of year, going into a tournament, I could honestly look Vance or whoever I was fishing with in the eyes and say, we're, we're going to have a really good chance at this tournament, you yeah. know, because I'm on to something. I cannot say that right now. <laughs> I've been trying, you know, we might catch a bunch of 26 inches, uh, but we'll see. The weather's changed. I have not casted much in the last few days. The temperature dropped severely. Uh, you know, I've been doing some trolling and, and today we did whatever we could. I was just keeping baits trying to keep baits in the water it was 40 mile an hour winds and yeah it was insane but uh we'll see i no i don't I, andy getting back i really don't have a really confident plan here uh but the weather's supposed to be nice i mean it's supposed to be like in the 30s in the morning but it's going to warm up and it's 60 and we're not going to have these insane winds it's supposed to be six miles an hour so we're going to go fishing I'm going to go fishing the same as anybody else would. I have nothing in my back pocket. And most years this time of year, I do. Uh, do you feel like in, in the past when you mm-hmm. had something like in your back pocket, did it pay mm-hmm. off during the, during the fishing? Every time. Every time. Okay. So it wasn't just like, I have a really good feeling here. So like me going on a, on a two day pattern, and then yep. I just go and get completely I've, annihilated. And I've, I've talk, well, I mean, even a two day pattern, but I've talked about that before on the podcast. Like when, when I was, when I did the four years of the trail, the musky trail, when Dale and I would go, when we got into something pre-fishing every, just about every, I can't remember a time that we didn't like when we were, when we were catching fish leading up to the tournament, we caught fish in the tournament. 
Now, that didn't happen every tournament. There were tournaments where we went pre-fishing for a few days. Now, you're also talking about lakes I've never been to. You know, when I look back and there, there were times when we went into a tournament and we weren't doing any good. And guess what happened during the tournament? We didn't do any good. <laughs> you know, I can't remember the the only the only place that that I could say that that didn't happen was Cave Run because I got a little familiar with there because I'd been, you know, I'd made obviously made more trips to Cave Run than the other places. There were times when I went down pre-fishing there that uh, we didn't really spend a lot of time pre-fishing, but you know, I went down there and we did our thing and and we did get some fish in the tournament and that's the only place that you know Vance and I went and we minimally fished like a day and a half before the tournament we did really well and then during the tournament we didn't catch anything but other than that i mean i, I like having something usually when you're on to something good you can lead up to it this is different because it's you know i would say if it was going to be a regular tournament i would say i'm on to something pretty good right now but uh we're where i control <laughs> but uh you know the cast is a little different i haven't got to do it and We'll see. Well, I have. I'm just going to go fishing. Yeah, I mean, It'll I could be my first day to go fishing. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. I, I could give you a pointer. I mean, like that one mm-hmm. podcast that you know Todd and I did that Vance sat out. You know, I can I can go ahead and just you know crank this guys out. I mean, I I had to come to the I, rescue a few weeks ago. I think I, I think I pretty much know that spot a little bit. Well, I, I can yeah. tell you that the color the color of the bait yeah. was extremely important that day. The color, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I still have a, I still have a tooth stuck in that bait. Yeah. Oh, I found two teeth in a uh, my walleye Baker Seven today. From the same fish, you think? I don't know. There were there was like a weed hanging off the side of the bait, and I was like, "How is that weed just hanging there?" And there was there's two teeth stuck stuck in it in the back of it. It's kind of neat. So They're okay, little, you, you, I don't even I don't even when I caught the fish, I don't even know if we did catch it. Okay, <laughs> you, it's been hit a good bit. I can tell you that. <laughs> so you have a tooth in a bait. Do you leave it yeah. in or do you take it out? Oh, by all means, you leave it in. Vance, leave it in. I think there's teeth in every single one of my baits that is hooked up on my trolling rod right on my trolling rods right now. Mm-hmm. It's either that or the the epoxy is like really screwed up on them, but I think they're like really, really fine teeth from the top of the, uh, the mouth. Mm-hmm. Cause, Cause they're all, they're, they're tiny, they're real tiny, but mm-hmm. yeah, I always leave them in. That's good. That's good luck. Um, we've had them in split rings before and stuff. Do you think by removing them is bad luck? I was going to go to the superstition route next. Is it bad luck to remove those teeth? I would never do it. <laughs> okay, well, so there. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. That's right. I'm a Sith. Then. Todd, do you have any superstition or just something cool you do? I have absolutely no. I'm not superstitious at all. Bring <laughs> bananas, I don't care. <laughs> so, But I, I'm not going to pull them out. Yeah, I never really put much thought into it other than I found that one tooth that one day and, you know, it just, it is what it is. Um, the other day when Vance was over, like by the other day, meaning last night, Vance took something of mine 
Vance, do you want to talk about that one that you went shopping on that 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 wall of base that I have? Yeah, there was a uh, it was an old brown perch raptor uh, from probably like oh, it had split rings. So what, thirteen? Oh God, so fourteen? No, did that one have split rings? I know we grabbed that a couple. I I took the one with splits on it. Okay, so. If if anyone out there, you know they, they see I, when I see baits for sale on Facebook or whatever that that we make, I can look at it and and roughly judge about what year I painted it. Now, the last couple years they they all look very similar. I have moved some some things around with what I do. I don't really document it all that well, but there are some telltale signs of different stages of when I was learning how to do this craft of painting. And if anyone out there, and there's a lot of them out there, I don't see too many for sale, but Todd, you remember what we used to do to kind of mark that this is our baits way early on? Do you remember? And I'm hitting you cold. We we, we had the sticker, sticker under the gullet. Sticker under the gullet. And then there were some that I put the sticker behind the front hook hanger. Yeah. I was playing around. And Vance was shopping. So as I... You know, even though I moved into this house like three years ago, almost to the day, um, I'm still kind of unpacking and reorganizing the pole barn. Well, I I have this one shelf hanging out and I put all these these hangers underneath there so I can hang this, what was a giant box of baits. This is a tangled mess. And I threw about half of that stuff away. I threw stuff away that people would kill for. I just didn't want to mess with the tangle. I just literally dumped it in the garbage. But I saved you know, the easy, good stuff. And how many baits do you think I have hanging, Vance? So I don't guess wrong. 250. Okay. So I have about 250 baits hanging from all different makes, models. I mean, I have some old, old stuff. I have some stuff that people would have no idea what it is. Vance was like looking up and just like staring. And then he just kind of like reaches up and picks this fruit. And he brings down this brown perch. And it has epoxy on it. And it has the sticker. Todd, you remember when we did that transition? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So early on with with the baits, we we had a different uh like priming process and we also had a different clear clearing process. And the early on the clearing was a couple heavy coats of automotive clear. Well, once mm-hmm. I got tooled up to do the epoxy, the automotive clear baits that I had in stock. I believe I put one heavy coat of epoxy on. Mm-hmm. With the auto clear, we had the sticker to kind of have the, there were two stickers. One had the little logo saying Fatty Z Musky Products, and the other said exclusive color for Muddy Creek Fishing Guides with Todd's logo. Yes. Which, which logo did that one have? Was it the AZ or the Muddy Creek? No, it was, it was, it was the AZ because I have quite a few of those. Okay, so... One of the things that happened with those that had the epoxy over the clear coat but had a sticker was that sticker, for some reason, would bubble off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened. I mean, we're talking like 2012. There was some crazy stuff happened with that sticker. I mean, I can remember when, when you first put those stickers on. It was like a gold print. I think I had... Under gold, black... I know black. I mean, but yeah, we were playing around with it, but 
but uh, you know, you, you, I would take a bait and you would do your thing to it and I would throw it. And I said, Andy, it, it's the paint is gone. Like you can't read it anymore. And I'm looking, I'm looking at it and it's like, and telling you, this is impossible. I remember this because it's, because it's under a coat yeah. of epoxy. And you're like, well, that's impossible. And I said, I know it's impossible, but I can show it to you. The paint disappeared. Yeah. It was just like a blank sticker. So they, yeah. it was just coming so, off. Which, so crazy. Yeah. What you have is when I finished painting the bait, the colors without a top coat, I, I had this printed sticker and I would put it right on the gullet. I would put two coats of auto clear. And then when we did the epoxy, it was one heavy coat of epoxy. Mm-hmm. The sticker was still on there, but mm-hmm. all the print went missing. It would just disappear. The only logical explanation is the bait sucked it deep into its soul and yeah. became a super bait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it didn't happen to all of them. No. Some of them bubbled up, and they, they'd have like a blister-like in, in the... in the yeah, underneath. It has like an air pocket. How that happens, I don't know. It's sealed in by three layers of yep. epoxy and like I I don't even know what it is, you know, a solvent-based clear coat. And it would be fine for a while, and then one day you go there and it's all of a sudden just like bloop, filled up with air. Um but and I am looking at I'm looking at one right now that I just took out of the boat. Can still read it plain as day. Fat AZ musky products, it's under the gullet, and there's not much left of this bait. I can still read that one, and I have other ones sitting here that I can't even. Uh... The paint's gone. Yeah. The print. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on some of these, I remember you're casting, and it has the blister underneath, you know, the air pocket underneath there. Next thing you know, you got the perfect football-shaped piece missing out of your clear. Yeah. Yes. Um, yep. It did. It did some crazy things, but that was, you know, that was a while ago. But what I'm kind of getting back here is Vance like cycled through the library of baits, found that one. He brought it down. And I'm going to tell you what, like I, I haven't really paid much attention to that bait. I mean, other than the fact that I hung it up there, I don't know, a month or two ago, that was a really sharp looking brown perch. <laughs> yeah, he, that was. And That's he why took, I took it. it. <laughs> well, I knew you were never going to use it. Well, and I didn't want it to get thrown away. Well, it's still mine. You just, I saw him, he like looked to make sure I wasn't looking and I put it under his, you know, under his shirt, under his arm and he kind of walked out. I really just walked in and said, I'm taking this and you didn't have the guts to say no. That's right. It was very intimidating. He came in and did like one of them hard steps to me and put his arm up. Oh yeah. But, you know, I don't know. To me, it's just looking at that real quick because you know, we, we kind of went down memory lane on some of that stuff. You know, then we hit the museum up, and we went through the whole progression of the raptor. You well, know. here's the thing, though. But Let's hear it. So the the, ra- the raptor started off, whatever. Let's just say it was, we touched base on how the mold was made. I took that picture of him mm-hmm. on the old Ranger, put it up on Instagram. The body was there. Todd say shave this. It looks like shit. All that stuff. Um, then you get to this one where <clears throat> you can, um, you know, mold made for it. 
and you have it with no split rings just connected with that i think that was like right on the cusp of making these ready for production like we're gonna make we're gonna sell these now Mm -hmm. we feel like this is comfortable so then the split rings came out but you were still just doing those three heavy layers of automotive clear Mm -hmm. because i i have those and those are some of my favorite ones not not because of well they run uh a little bit different but they were also my first. That's how I became, you know, to know they, you guys. They show wear very quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, they do. They do. So what is what you just said there? Mm-hmm. Is this why it's moved into epoxy? Because prior to this, in the Raptor and stuff like that, there wasn't much... There wasn't many people doing this like crazy epoxy stuff like how it is right now. So were you like a company ahead of the game a little bit with it saying like, we're going to use this epoxy now it's going to make durability you know, make going to make them last longer. Why the epoxy? I'm going to probably, you know, by no means were we pioneers at all. I mean, there were people out there doing it. There were people out there going bananas giant bug eyes todd you remember seeing that in musky first yep like like the cool thing to do at that time and i'm not dogging on it was you'd put giant eyes that would bug out of the bait and then the thing was is you put many many coats of clear on it and now let me let me ask you this was it a crankbait or a jerkbait they were some might have been cranks. Some might have been like other kinds of, of hard baits of sorts. I just, the biggest thing that uh, in my memory was the big giant eyes and how it was all molded. Like, you know, there was just flowing curves and it, it looked cool. All right. Well, what I'm, what I'm alluding to is when I first started musky fishing, mm-hmm. every jerk bait I picked up was wood and automotive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so go with Suic, Reef Hog, Ladiano, Leo, um, the Wiley Jerk, um, a Sledge. That was plastic, obviously, but there was no. I didn't. I didn't know of a a bait that's been around for a while that was a jerk bait that had epoxy on it. Do you recall that in all your fishing? No. Talk, like way before me and Andy. No, no, that's all. That's all came. You know, people start doing it and, you know, you can get a lot of wear out of those baits. You you have to watch putting it on. Uh, you know, it changes because Andy was like, just saying, what, we start with one coat, you start with two. You start getting crazy and saying, let's make this impenetrable. Let's put four coats on. Guess what? Then all of a sudden the bait doesn't run. Absolutely. And that's probably what you guys were worried about. And yeah. Now you have this, you know, this little baby here with this automotive clear on it. Todd's loving the way it's running. You're handing it out to people, you know, get, getting it ready to go. Now we, we, we talked about the, the glide bait, the stinger, you know, those first stingers uh, that Andy made, they had two hooks, automotive cleared. You could just throw the thing out there and just like 
just start reeling as fast as you could. It was, was just gliding back and forth. It was and insane. It was yes. crazy how good those worked. Yes. But that was automotive clear. So I had one prototype. The second fish I caught on it was a 52. Sent Andy the picture and saying, yeah, yeah, great. The bait was destroyed by the end of the season. Andy, I was like, look, coat that sucker. Let's put some coating on it. And uh, womp, womp. We've, never, we've never been able to get back to it. It's it's still a I mean it's still a great glider in my opinion, but it yeah. had it had something extremely special, mm-hmm. and it I don't was it razor edge I don't know like we were on the cusp of completely failing on both ways, but it yeah. those I don't know how many we made, but there there wasn't a lot of them, but they were. It was stupid how well they worked. You didn't even have to jerk it or tap it. You just reel it, and it was back and forth, and it went far. Yep. Um, but, like, go, going kind of answering, Vance, what you were talking about, I saw a lot—I I know where you're going with that question now. There were a lot of crankbait makers that were doing that heavy epoxy. I don't—I yep. can't recall. And, again, I'm not saying that we were the f- first person to try to do this on a jerkbait. I can't recall if there were any— or not, but I just know that at that time I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking like, well, this is a more durable option. Plus it shows the baits a lot better. You know, this was on the cusp of, a, of the, the, this basement builders, like actually getting roots and holding and gaining ground of being legitimate baits for the musky market. Because prior to all of that stuff, I would look at someone's homemade baits and as a consumer, not a builder, I would say, I don't know. I don't know if yours is going to work, but this in this store over here has to work because it's in a store. And then it's just, it, it kind of, it grew. Like I said, it started to sprout and, you know, again, I, I know there was guys making like gliders and stuff, putting that big epoxy on back, mm-hmm. you know, even back, then you know whatever not that long ago it was a big deal like wow they're selling that bait for 60 bucks now that's commonplace yeah and and like the big thing was is like i played a little back then and i'm not saying that it hasn't changed now but there was a lot of like i don't want to say smoke and mirrors hocus pocus kind of stuff everyone was still looking for a the the next best top coat like and 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 a lot of these are still in use today i'm not going to name what what they are but people had different things and some bait builders would go through three or four different types of epoxy or you know what have you super glues and this and that and anything that was clear and could get hard and i kind of sat back and i'm trying to remember I played a little bit, and I'm, I'll, I'll start naming stuff for stuff that I used. I played a little bit with Etex, and I really didn't know what I was doing. I had decent results, but it wasn't on any. All the AZ baits that were sold, none of them have Evirotex on them. It's all a different product. Uh, but I did play a little bit early on with, with Etex. Um, but it was like the big thing that changed it for me was Zach told me a product he was using he swore by it and he told me never tell anyone what this stuff is and as far as i know to this day i i don't 
really believe I've given out that. I think he has since switched for, to a different thing, but I've been having great res- results with it, and I'm not I'm not even in the market to look for other stuff. He did switch. Yeah. And I, then I started sending him some bait photos, and he switched back. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these epoxies. Um, my point was, I think that the Raptor was the first jerkbait that I've ever seen or used that had a thick base of epoxy on. So to nail that and still get the ingenuity where the bait would stay down is a big leap. You know, you try it, whatever, to put it on production, whatever. Um, and to still hit hit it, hit where we want it to be, I think that's cool. Um, we actually had to. Todd, you remember when we started to make the switch? That's why when we had the auto clear, we did one uh-huh. coat of epoxy and not two when we had yes. the, when we made the switch because we actually just then had because to, you were ner- yeah you were probably nervous about two it, it didn't run, run right. right it it ran yeah. different with two because the weight not necessarily the weight so what we what we're dealing with there is we it, it had was also the way the way you were spinning them too I, that's true we'll talk about that that's that's yeah. that's yeah. a thing I, a detail I forgot so yes yes the um. When we, the weight of the blank. So when we had to go and test some things, and, and, you know, we still do this from time to time. Paint, even though it's very little, it there's some kind of a mass to it. You're adding to the bait. And what, what we, the thing that we theorized, I can't quantify this because I just, I don't have the testing, you know, machines and it really doesn't matter. But our theory is the blank was a little bit heavier when we did just auto auto clear and yeah. we adjusted the weight a little bit because the mass of the epoxy changed it because the epoxy was thicker you had more of it than the auto clear and it also what it did was it changed like the average density the volume of the bait got bigger so you might put one coat on and let's just say one coat is 15000s thick for anyone out there that knows, you know, decimals. Well, that's 15 thousandths on the shell. You go put another one on, there's more epoxy on that second shell than the first shell because it's it's getting bigger. And that's where these seven coats of epoxy look really cool as they fill it themselves in. So we actually had to change the weight after we got through all of the uh, auto clear that then have one coat of epoxy on the top of them. And then, yeah. like, what Todd? I remember, I remember getting them, and I was like, "Andy, they're sinking like rocks." Yeah, we they're not working. We changed it. <laughs> yeah, we had to change that. Yeah, and and like, uh, so in order to do it, the testing on them, we had then a small sample of you know incrementally going down in weight, but then I had to paint them all, knowing that, well, probably eighty percent of you guys are junk, and then and then we fine fine tuned it from there. Um, the other thing that we found, and Todd brought this up, I forgot about this, how we were spinning these on the wheel, because you can look at a bait wheel. Um, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, hop on Facebook or any kind of bait building website that you, you can find them where you'll brush on this epoxy, you put the bait somehow on the wheel, there's many ways of doing it, and it'll spin them. And the thought of this is, is when you put this heavy coat of epoxy on, you can't just then hang it up and walk away because it's actually a giant run. You're you're controlling a run. 
That's all you're trying yeah. to do. So if the bait is at one time, let's just say it's like the face of a clock, and the bait's tail is pointing at noon, all of the all of the epoxy wants to run down to the head. Well, when you get the bait tail to point at six, now everything wants to run to six, you know, run to the tail. You keep this motion, and it kind of levels itself out. Initially, when I was doing the rotations, I had it to where, if you're looking at the face of the clock, and where right where the hands are fastened, where the motor turns them, you're looking at that. I had the baits running like straight through the clock. Yeah, three to three to nine. Like, like it was, like when you look at it, you'd be seeing the head of it, but nothing else. It was straight through. Like if it was a pig on a spit. And you were looking at the motor. Yes. It was it was like that, and that epoxy laid on, not very favorable. It was when I took the bait and did it like the initial example with the tail at noon, and then it spun long ways, not short ways. That's a terrible way to describe it, Vance. Did that make sense? No, but I think the three <laughs> to nine thing for like, yes, it's three to nine, like a corn cob. Yeah, like a corn, corn like you're eating a corn yes. on the cob. Corn on the cob is better. And 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 what happened was, well done. Like when when Andy first did that, you know, when we first did it, we got him, and now, now that epoxy was, you know, the rent the the run migrated to the center of the bait, and the bait got much thicker in and the look, center. It looked goofy. Yeah, and. They, they they wanted to swim because we balked it up. That's what we that's why we narrowed, you know, we kept narrowing down the size of the raft because you would jerk and it wanted to swim, which is really cool. But I was trying, you know, we were trying to stabilize that. Now some people were like, I love that right, like, you know, I like that bait to kick out, and they're just like, uh nah. Well, yeah, so let's address like that real quick. Kind of like stayed pinned in there. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's address that a little bit. So just like any like any crankbait, you can tune, I'm going to probably say every jerkbait out there, um, mm-hmm. blanket statement. Um, the, the initial design was to have the bait run true. Like that was the thought. We, we weren't, for the Raptor, we were not going for crazy wild. However. Define true. True, like, okay, um, my ideal thing of true is you you have a bow and arrow. You're standing in a boat. You pull back the bow with the arrow knocked. You let the arrow go. I want that raptor to shoot through the water like that arrow. Straight. That's that's my that was in my mind what I wanted. Now I'm coming in with a little more realistic thing. I like it. You know, Continue. But, so I want to think that at least in memory, it's been a while since, as as we progress the baits, I didn't want to live too far in the past models, so I, I I incrementally increased with with the newer the newer thing because then I could when I talk to people at the shows I'd say yeah I'm using that one this is what it does this and that memory's telling me I think we had a more bow and arrow shot in the water with the very original auto clears. They seem in memory may have been more stable um, mm-hmm. than than the ones we did with the epoxy because the the catch with the epoxy is I'm brushing this stuff on with a paintbrush and I'm letting this stuff spin and it coats but there's nothing saying that I have five thousandths more on one side than the other 
it takes about three dips of the brush for me to completely put one coat on. And there's nothing saying that every time I dip the brush, I'm getting the same. I'm doing the best I can. And you get a little bit of buildup around that tie point eye screw. And, and there's just no way of guaranteeing that perfect shot anymore of an arrow through the water. So we'd get a little bit of a wander, which wasn't bad. I mean, I kind of like it. It's, it's grown on me. It kind of adds a little bit more flair to it. You know, instead of a just, little bit more of you have to be able to fish it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, you know, yeah. so, so yeah. With, with that, there are some that right out of the right out of the box, air quotes, people just tie them on and throw them out there and you can get it. And some some of them do this right out of the box. You pull it when you get done pulling that thing takes a hard left or a hard right, like a 90 degree or turn. So when Vance was saying, I love the wander. Some people love that. Now, what you can do is you can take a pair of pliers and you can tweak that and you can get that out of it. M you know, most of it. You're never going to have it dead nuts perfect. And it was unobtainable what I was really thinking with the arrow. Because you have currents, you have other things that go on. You don't pull this thing straight. It's not an arrow. It has more aerodynamic quality. Not, it has more going with it than just a straight, smooth shaft with fletchings. There's different shapes and geometry. It's not more aerodynamic. Um, it has more things to cause change in motion. So you pull it a little bit crooked, it's going to tip the bait a little bit. It's going to do some stuff a little bit different. But, you know, for the most part, we, we try to tune that out of it. But there's people that absolutely love the craziness. And if that mm -hmm. fits your way of fishing, then that's great. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the craziness, the craziness uh, takes some of the depth out of it. So it depends where. I mean, I have ones that I grab in certain situations. You know, if I'm trying to get that thing deep, I want those straight running ones that are getting a little deeper. And yeah, I mean, I, well, that's, that's, that's my that's my that's my favorite setting. Yeah, it's like the deep one. Mm -hmm. And if I'm fishing that way, I'm usually fishing the structure that's like perfect to me too, which is like a, yeah. a ledge yep. or an edge. Yep. Those are my I favorite get up, running ones. I get up into those, you know, we get up into those clumps of weeds and stuff. And some of my favorite ones that I was using a month before are not my favorite ones because they're just plowing into that stuff. I want, you know, mm -hmm. I'll grab soft tail or I'll grab one that's a little bit squirrely, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mitch was really, yes, you know, and and like what Todd just said, if if you want a more stable bait, that soft tail, you know, I see a lot of the soft tail gliders, and mm -hmm. the difference between a glider without a soft tail and a glider with a soft tail tends to be a whole lot more action without the soft tail. Um. You know, for people that haven't put much thought into it, that tail yep. is acting. It, it causes nothing but friction. It's a giant it's a rudder. It, it's a parachute. It, mm -hmm. Any any effort you put into that bait is going to be constantly put on the brakes by that tail. I'm not saying that some don't glide great. I'm just saying that there's a reason why some of the ones that glide really great with a soft tail have small tails. Mm -hmm. That's less of a break, but that same principle works on the Raptor. 
Mm-hmm. The soft tails, like Todd says, they don't, you know, they don't go as deep, but they they will hold a line better because that tail's saying, whoa, 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 buddy, we're going my pace. Yeah, and that's a, that's a little bit better for the erratic jerk bait fisherman. Uh, that yeah. soft tail. I so if somebody it's a soft tail. Yeah. So if somebody's like really used to that classic jerk bait. Where they boom, just boom, boom, hammer boom. on the rod. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. The soft tail can take that. Mm-hmm. And there's been countless times when Todd and I have been stopped, said like, hey, this isn't running right. After a charter or something, somebody will meet us at the ramp. Uh, people that just started fishing or people that have been fishing that, that are older than, longer than I, I am of age. They'll say, this thing isn't running right. And I'm like, okay, give it to me pouring down rain, whatever. I'll go and check this thing on the dock and I'll be like, here's how you have to work it. I'm like, no, this thing's running fine. Pull real to it. Pull real to it. That's always with the straight body. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had to do that with the soft tail. Mm -hmm. Always with the straight body, but Mm -hmm. You work them a little bit different. We did a video early in the season on how we like to run them. Um, it's on the you Facebook check page. That out on, yeah, you check that out on our Facebook page. But that tail definitely acts as something to keep that more, I guess you could say, true in running, in, in uh, which is interesting. But this all started with the talk of epoxy and, of course, growing stages and mm-hmm. how you did it and things like that. But like I said, going back to it, I think that is the first bait that jerk bait I picked up with these uh, like heavy duty mental ass things, you know, with the epoxy that that we're seeing. That mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much every bait has that stuff now. I mean, you could think think of baits that don't. You know, Wiley doesn't do it. Yeah, um, and you can't you can't do it. There's a lot going you into can't that. Fit. I mean, there's tons of people who have done it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done dozens and, of times. They're like, let's coach this thing. Let's make yeah. it great. Guess or like that just ends the action. It's happening yeah. with tough shad. You oh my gosh! Yeah, shad. I was just gonna say that the, the custom made tough shad, and you pick it up, and it's got that epoxy on it. I was like, it's beautiful. This thing's pretty. It's never gonna run right. It's never gonna run like how not right, but how I I like it. How the original and, tough shad is, and they don't. They don't at all. They don't. They're terrible. They just flat out don't. Yeah. Like go on go on that Tough Shad website, buy the Tough Shad. You don't want to get like the crazy repaint and that epoxy stuff on it. It just deadens it like crazy. But yeah. yeah, you just you can't do it to some bait. So interesting stuff. It is. I wish that that glider was still around. I'm and here, when we were doing that repaint on those Raptors, you probably pitched it. No, I put that coat of epoxy on all the stinger, the two hook stingers. And there's really, there's, there's, <clears throat> I don't want to say there's none left. There might be one left, and it's sitting in the museum. It's, it's like the OG, like the real deal, the one that said, this is it. And, I've looked at it a couple times this summer. I said, you know what? I'm going to go throw that just in the, just in the pond in the backyard, just to see if memory serves me 
and if there is a glimmer of hope that I might be able to find time to make a few more of those and see if I can tune it in with the epoxy. Because any more, I mean... God, River guys would love that. We need to x-ray that baby to see where those weights are. That's been the problem. Let's just say this. I am not going to take a photo of that bait and send it anywhere outside of the circle of trust because Mm -hmm. I literally have it drawn (laughs) on the side where the weights are and how big they are. Yeah, I, could, I have it pencil marked sneak in. It in. I'll sneak it into the hospital. I gotta. No, I, I have it drawn. OR real quick. Okay, but you don't understand. I have it drawn. It was in. I had that bait all tatted up, showing where wow. it is. That was the original. Wow. So I could then, then so the original spawned the first like, I'd say a final prototype mold, and then I got it down to where I could simplify the weights drastically, and. It worked, but then we did some changes, and you know, I I hate to make it sound like that bait sucks because it's still my favorite glider. It's an incredible glider. It's just you know we've talked about it before. It's just not what the original. There's another. I haven't talked to the to this guy in a while, but he has one of the originals, and uh, I almost want to almost want to see where it's at. I could call, I could send him a text. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's just some crazy stuff. It's an original. It's, I saw it just yesterday when we were digging around the museum, but yeah, it was, it was, it was neat. Just how just taken back memory lane that Vance reached for that coded one. And just, and I, and it was, I had my handwriting sucks anyway. Um, a chicken writes better than me. How awful my initial was on the back. I don't know if you picked no. that up. Oh, I just picked it up and knew it would be just a crusher. You just knew that you were leaving with it, even if I said yep. no. Absolutely. But 100%. Yeah, it was just, it was, was kind of neat on that stuff. Man, it would we, be nice if we could bring back like a brown perch. Well, we can someday. Or the dirt perch. We um, tried that I a think... couple years ago. They didn't sell all that well. Dude, last year we ca- I caught back-to-back days 49s on them. I didn't catch them. Clients did. Well, I'm talking about when we I think we painted some up for the shows, and I think we t- brought them home. Not all of them, but we brought you're, some. You're home. full. You're full of it. That's you making up excuses to not pay for it or to, to paint it. That's <laughs> me, all it is. Me making you excuses not-, not to paint. Isn't that the pot calling the kettle right now? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put epoxy all over the swimmers and then I'll, I'll just ruin the whole thing. That that sounds like an extremely smart plan <laughs> for how proud you were for pouring all these. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're beautiful. <laughs> pouring, testing, wire bending, guiding every day. Come on now, those are my friends. So much so that you came and dumped them off at the orphanage. Well, they needed to be there. They need to be painted. <laughs> I thought the Vance Customs were going to take care of that this year. Mm-mm. I would really like to bring back a, a brown perch. I got some airbrush and I got some paint. You want to try it? Uh, no, mine would look terrible. I might. If we do that again. Why not? Skip Vance Customs, brown perch. Yeah, and then you, mm-hmm. can, you can go God. put your, your Freddie McQueen or whatever. 
eyes on him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I've had enough. <laughs> I've got good taste. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, wait. I have one last question. Okay. It's casting season. Line sometimes balls up on one side. Does this happen to you at all, Todd? It has on some, on, on, on some reels. On some reels, not really my big, not one the ones that I use, but the ones I hand off, it happens a lot. I don't know why. Weird things happen to those. But uh, what is, why is that happening, Andy? And well, I here. found the only only way to re, really refix it is to hit the hit the spool open and just hand pull it all out and then reel it back in. Well, here, 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 here's how I've fixed it numerous times, Vance. We're dealing with tons of weeds in here, and when that's happening, there's a couple of reels that that's happening to me when I'm handing it to other people, and they're like, "Can't I can't reel? Something's real tight." And I look, and it's all bound up over there. I'm, I'm stripping it off, like you said, grabbing the oil dipping some oil in there you know with a little level wind on the level wind i think it's just getting gunk in the one side because i've been able to fix it every time by doing that okay and you think that like there's some buildup on one side like some weedage or slime weedage is getting up in there and uh it's not making a full left and right Usually when that's half, usually when that happens and it's sort of stuck there, if you just grab your finger and you just push on it, it'll kick right up back over and start doing normal. Mm-hmm. Like if it's stuck there and you can't push it over, then there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Every time that's happened to me here in the last few years, I've just noticed that, that, you know, I reach up, grab it, I pull it. And as soon as I put a little pressure on it, it moves and I get that out, get that level wine thing out of the way and put it on that little swirly gear. <laughs> That's Andy. What's that called? You know, the one that's taking the level one back and forth. Yeah, the, the the exact name escapes me. I almost want to call it like a worm gear. Yeah, worm gear. Uh, it's 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 the level wind. Um, yep, it, it's level it's the shaft. Thing. Yep, putting a couple drips of oil in there, sort of letting that clean up. I've you know, and I I've come home, you know, dug in there a little bit with a toothpick or something, and I have pulled out some grit probably ground up pieces of weeds and, and, they, and they start working fine. Yeah. I even sent one back to a guy to work on the reel. I was like, this thing keeps catching over there. So he sent me like five reels back. And that one, I remember seeing he had a note on there. He's like, I know you fish a lot. You should really take the time to clean these reels. Every <laughs> <one of> them. <laughs> He's like, all I did was clean it. It seems to be working fine. I was like, okay. Compressed air. Yeah. Toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have time to do that. That was the note that I had. <laughs> Man. So. It's almost as cold as Andy's notes. Yeah. My notes. <laughs> What well, note? when you just hit us like with a little truth serum and don't like hold anything back, yeah. <laughs> like in wires, I'm like, wire okay, stuff so... breaks and why we are not, doesn't, we are not why... Gearman Steve, like Gearman yeah. Steve goes back, <laughs> why something apart, reloads yeah. it, puts it back in its box, puts it back on, believing yeah. that is not happening. Mm-mm. 
They're wrapped up in guys' coats. No. Yeah, I got a feeling that I just caught onto an inside joke that I didn't know, like Andy's notes. Like that's, no, that's something no. that's like passed around behind my back. You're like, did you hear what he said? This one, yeah, just one of his notes. Just like, well, like sometimes they're very straight to the point and uh, leave nothing like, to the imagination. Yeah, like nothing. Like, hey, man, did you try this? It's usually just like, try. It. Like, this is your problem. You're an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> going back way back with Vance is like, hey, my boat won't start. And he was like, did you plug it in? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Dead by, chan- by chance in the past couple of days, have you been to a gas station? <laughs> um, the motor okay. won't start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, but you know, I I had to. Now, were you talking about a casting reel or a trolling reel? Not that it matters yeah. too much. Okay, casting. So it it still falls along the same lines of like what what Todd was saying. I think Todd was talking more of trolling. Was that what you were talking about, Todd? With those with those reels? Yeah, with those level ones. No, no, they've been casting. Oh, okay, I, I was under the impression the way you were talking. So. <laughs> It's casting. I think it has something to do where it's more noticeable because we don't have, uh, with the low profile of the reel, there's not much. Uh, there's not a whole lot of gap much, between. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of line on. You know, so, sometimes they and, and plus sometimes they have that. The casting reels have the main level line, then they have the little guide bar, and I I really have seen it plugged up to the point where it's not doing it, and I literally was digging stuff out of there. We like. Yeah. So partial wheat beds. Yeah. A couple things. Like instead of hand lining all that line off to kind of hit reset, you could turn the trolling motor up to 10, take a big long bomb cast, you know, get it to where you can have that spool spin. And then you have some resistance when you're um, putting a line back on the spool instead of having it all at your feet. That would be tip number one. Yep. Uh, number two. So when I started encouraging, uh, countering a lot of those problems with the level wind. I was doing a lot of very cold weather fishing, bank yanking, and you would get, you know, reeling in with the level wind, the water that was on the line when it exited the water and it was coming up to your rod because there's a time where your line isn't in the water, but it's not on the rod or the reel, it would freeze. And you'd bring in, and you would then have like this spaghetti noodle type ice that that it it would ball up in the level wind, the 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 guide, and it would get so thin that it would actually make like this little worm of ice that's coming off of it just from it peeling off the line, and you would get ice packed up between the sides of the level wind and the side plates of the reel, and then that level wind would come over, and you just feel it get hard. And then it get easy, hard, and then easy. There's a little that worm gear that we were talking about has like that crazy. It's a very coarse cut gear groove almost, or like a thread. And there's yeah. a level wind paw, and it looks like a, I guess you could call it like a C shape, and that's mm-hmm. and it's it sits in that that groove that is cut in, and it it rides along the shaft that 
it's generally like a chrome color and there might be another one below it to keep that eyelet straight that travels back and forth. When it hits the edge, that thread does almost like a complete 360 turn and it just it it ever so lightly bumps out that C shape that's straddling in those grooves. And that's why yep. it travels the other way and then hits the other side and it just goes back, back and forth, back and forth. I've had it to where in the winter I've broke my reel down, like pulled the side plate off and whatever else I need to uh, let's see, did I I did it one time to take the side plate, but so it wasn't for this. Never mind. I've taken the reel off the rod and gained access. There's like a flathead um, slot in the bottom of that. Unscrew yep. that, and this little baby level wine paw falls out. And uh-huh. when it when it, when it quit working altogether, and I've had to take out a little pair of pliers and squeeze it because I just hammered on it so hard that it spread and it quit working. And it wasn't a long-term fix by any means, but it got me through the rest of the day. I was able to squeeze it back into place, put everything back together. There was one day where I dropped it and couldn't find it. So then I was like old school salt water here, moving it back and forth with my fingers to, oh, to yeah. kind of put it level. But like what Todd was saying, there's probably some gunk there. And That's what's been happening to mine. Yep. Some oil, get it toothpick or something real quick and clean that stuff it like it goes over to that edge and like andy said that thing this rotates a little bit which makes it completely spin to go the other way and they've been easy fixes um but something else that can help was when i would not have my line as spooled tip top capacity having a little bit of extra there sometimes can help you out immensely yeah so a little bit, so by not having your spool so full, it then reduces the diameter. I'm not talking about, you know, half spool it, but give yourself a little bit of a buffer. Not, it does help. I mean, it might be an extra three or four wines that you might get out on the next cast. You know, having it a little bit heavy, if you just go do a big giant bomb cast, all that line comes off. Now it might've already hit reset and you're, you're back to normal. Yeah. And when you fill them up nice and tight, the way we put line on, when you start fishing with them, it's not going on that tight. It's not laying on tight. That's correct. Uh, it's not laying on tight. I noticed that with my trolling. Like I, I, I noticed this years ago, I was filling my trolling poles the way I used to. And I would start the season. like, my line is fraying, you know, and I would take and cut off 10 feet here, 10 feet there. I couldn't figure out why I was getting so much fray. And I started looking and what was happening was when I converted over to the, uh, the line counter reels, this is in my opinion, what was happening that that line counter thing sits out across there. When I was filling them as full as I used to always fill them, those, it, it was brushing on there actually hitting like the case that the line counter. Like where the actual counter was on this model of reel. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't film it. And I, I, I would see sometimes when I would be like, why is the line praying a little, little bit, not a lot, but enough that it would start bothering me. And, uh, you know, you could look and it would be all the way to the top. Like sometimes filling them to the top. If you look, it comes off the spool and there's a little dip to get it into the, uh, the level wind mechanism. Well, to me, I just had them too full. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it was actually rubbing on there and it was rubbing when it would come over to the line counter part. Yep. The line counter mechanism, you know, mm-hmm. and then once I took a little bit, you know, once I took that back off and it's actually not completely full the way I was used to filling them, but, uh, it's the same way, you know, you put it on real nice and tight. You know, I know. Pun intended. Yeah. I put it on, I put it on real nice and tight when I start doing it, but then you go out and start fishing and it's never going to be that way again. Yeah. It's going to lay not as tight Yeah, and your spool will get bigger because of the slight fluffiness of it. Yep. Neat. We just ate well, up an hour and five on a topic we didn't even think we were going to talk about. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I got, I got two other things I want to talk about because one, um, it involved the one story involved Vance, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to end on that one. Um, initially I wanted to, as we discussed to talk about what happened to last week's podcast, a comedy of errors of just complete, just a debacle. So I'm going to, you know, we try to every week be diligent to put out a show. Um, last week, um, my trail cameras were telling me this, this shooter buck of mine went through this spot two days in a row, two day pattern. I'm going to go try to shoot him that night. And that was a night we were going to record the podcast and being proactive. I told Vance, Vance, you might have to do the show without me because I'll be tracking a deer hopefully. So I had him download the app and get everything all ready. And he was in ready to rock. And as I already my, knew this was going to happen as my luck had it. <laughs> Mr. Big didn't walk by and Mr. Big, Mr. Big. He, uh, I, I get in touch with Vance. Hey, I'm getting home. I'm going to get the kids to sleep. And you texted back like me and Todd are going to record. And I'm like, well, wait for me. I'll best show ever. It would have been uh, without a doubt because I'm just the Andy note guy now. Um, <laughs> that was one of those. That's like what really kicked it off was wait for me guys. But you guys were already like leaving. Like, Hey, the door's closed. <laughs> the engine's running. Yeah. See ya. Hey, sorry. We didn't see you, buddy. So what I is that? <laughs> can't hear you. Yeah. Sorry. The radio's <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm running behind is like this big smoke pouring out. You guys can barely see me in the dust. I'm like, wait for me. I'm, I'm going to be out soon. So you guys very kindly. We prolonged it like 45 minutes. Yes. And did it at our normal time. Correct. And I come out and I get everything set up and I go to turn on the mixing board and it doesn't work. And I'm like, this ain't right. So then I start switching cables. And we I jack around with Vance on the phone for probably another 15 minutes as I'm mad because our main recording device isn't working. So Isn't it like leaking battery acid? Well, that was an issue was when I flipped it over to see what was going on. There was sticky battery acid all over everywhere. Very nice. <laughs> so I'm a little bit bummed because that piece of equipment was very expensive. And yes. it, and it's dead here, and I don't know what to do with it other than maybe throw it in the garbage. It's sitting here still, looking at me. And it's good we have to make that expense, and we have nothing to sell. Ex- that's yeah. see, that's that's how that's this is this is business one hundred and one is to spend more than you make, yeah. and you'll be very successful like us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then. 
I'm Men like, of success. So being successful and on our feet thinkers, I said, "Hey Vance, let's let's have you record the show. I'll I'll phone in on Todd." So you had to then walk over to Todd's <laughs> camper, which you guys set everything up. It's by now well into an hour past when you guys would have literally been like, "All right, it's time for bed." And here's dumb Andy back here saying, "Wait for me, guys." And by the way, my ball is broken. And let's go and record a show there. So we, I mean, Vance came up with a great topic. I We were killing it. We were over an hour into it. And then all of a sudden, Vance goes, oh, crap. My phone just rang. He was recording on his phone as I was speaker phoning on Todd's. And you silence it and you're like, it's gone. And I'm like, are you sure it's not saved? And we spent the next 10 minutes trying to find it and it literally did not save the show that we recorded last week it's gone so not only did i have you guys wait an hour for me but we had bad news with spending a lot of money to get a replacement piece of equipment we recorded a show we were almost wrapping it up and it got erased by a phone call at 10 o'clock at night yes and we all went to bed brokenhearted, and here oh, I am. We were. Well, I was because I'm like, man, you guys would have had that show done. Oh, it, it's no big deal, but we really did have a good dialogue going on, so which we will revisit. We will revisit when it's, you know, not so fresh in our memories. But there was a show. Unfortunately, only three people heard it: myself, <laughs> Vance, and Todd. <laughs> and it might have been the it might have been the greatest ever. It wasn't the greatest ever, but it was a good one. Might have been. No, we it's have like Tenacious D, best song in the world. <laughs> All right, but, and, the, and the final, the final thing that I'm gonna, I'm gonna a story. Todd did not hear this story. Vance was here to live it with me. So as Vance was about to leave my house yesterday, <laughs> I see this black SUV pull into the driveway, and I could tell that something was amiss. And I, we recently bought a new car that was black and this black SUV pulled in and I see like a headlight, the right headlight hanging and the grill half gone. I'm like, don't tell me you smashed our one month old brand new car. And this, this girl gets out. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's not ours. And this guy comes out, they like park at the end of my driveway and they had to, they walked like 80 feet to me in Vance and some other people again, without permission, I'm not using names. Um, and this guy comes off, and I don't even know. He said his name, but he's like, this woman's like, I just hit a deer. And this guy's like, man, she effing crushed it. And he's just going on and on and on. It's true. And like gave the mile per hour, like at like 65. <laughs> and so he's telling us all this, and she seems like an emotional wreck. This guy's just like complete see you in the half pipe surfer dude talk and vance's first thing that he says is was it a buck that was the first thing vance says this woman's just like what do i do and my car makes a noise when i turn (laughs) we looked at the and vance is like like, what was the spread (laughs) how many inches (laughs) what was this well i wanted it i wanted it to be a buck because uh, you were gonna go saw it. Leave more does for me, you know. Please <laughs> leave more does for me <laughs> to have a chance. 
you're tipping the odds in your favor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, so now Vance was about to pull out of my driveway and they're sitting here blocking the end of the driveway. <laughs> so so I'm like, they're like, Are you leaving? And you know, Vance is like, Well, yeah, I'm about to leave. And I'm like, just pull off on that side yard there. So Vance no sooner gets out the end of the driveway, and my wife's like, so what? Now they're going to sit there and drip antifreeze in our driveway? <laughs> I said, why don't you go out there and tell them to move along? They just killed Bambi. <laughs> I know. I, I, you know. Get out of here. And I, I felt bad because generally I try to lend a hand, but... I don't know what I was going to do. I, I think I heard them wrestling. I think he pulled her fender out from her front tire and they eventually they started wrestling. Like you heard the pinfall. One, two, three. Yes. Ding, ding. <laughs> so Man. after, after they left, I, I got the kids to put their coats on and we walked and, um, they're laying in the ditch was Bambi just crushed. And dead. It, was it dead? It was dead. Dead as a doornail. I should have okay. went for Vance's sake to see if it had buttons on it. He yes. probably would have turned around immediately to come back for it. Best meat in the world. But uh, the unfortunate thing is, is I think I know what deer that was. And uh, so we have a, literally living on our property, a doe that had to have been hit by a car this summer. She has a really busted up back leg that's like, the hoof is like curled under, like it broke its ankle or something. And it's walking on the top of its hooves and its face, its tongue is permanently stuck out and it's skin and bones. It eats all the time because it probably is inefficient with its tongue in its way. And it had a youngling with it all the time. Well, I just saw that. I saw that doe tonight and there was no yearling with her. So she's going to die a terrible death alone. Well, that is just an Andy note right there. <laughs> that is terrible to put it that way. My God. Well, okay. you're the one asking about the spread, and you're thinking oh, all selfish God. means to try to get yourself a doe. But I mean, okay, yeah. Well, hey, was it a buck? Oh, cool. Let's go look at the antlers. Now you have to like bring in like requiem for a fucking dream. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Whoops. God. All of a sudden, I don't seem so bad there, Mister F bomb. Oh. oh man. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. During, let's wrap this up. But during the like during this podcast, I've been doing it outside and getting rained on a little bit. <laughs> I'm supposed to do a charter tomorrow, and I completely, uh, I got tieback papered. I I lost my entire. I don't know where my keys are. That's that, that's that's a very common phrase that comes out of your mouth. Is you've lost a wallet or keys? Yes. Adam Sandler, phone, wallet, keys. No, I. But you you missed up. You missed out on my PG way to express things, which I'm working on, and it's to use verbiage that makes no sense rather than curse words. Well, okay, I'll end on this. So I got a phone call, a daytime phone. So when I get a daytime phone call from Vance or Todd, it's usually something I do everything in my power to take because more often than not, it's it's borderline emergency. Mm-hmm. I had that the other day. 
I'm not going to say which one of you it was. I'm going to leave this anonymous, but I did have to say you're on, when, when we had to do a FaceTime, I had to say you're on speakerphone, watch your language. Cause my kids were around. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, that's all the, that's all the stuff I'm going to say. It seems it's it seems your your parenting is working though, because uh, with no curse words. Because uh, as soon as I saw your little boy, he tried to arrest me immediately. Well, because <laughs> I told him all the the stuff you've done, and he says, like, "Hey, <laughs> what are you being for Halloween?" He was like a policeman. He pulls out handcuffs and, and, and tries <laughs> to cuff me. Well, the, the the weird thing was, as soon as he said policeman and showed the cuffs, Vance took three fast steps back to the truck. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, well, that's just not that's natural man that's old school McKee sport right there. That's awesome. <laughs> yo I'm out oh man those are shiny boom I'm booking it first fence make a left good strategy alright oh, man good show we're gonna end this one uh, big thanks to Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com, Fatty Z Musky Products, fattyzmuskie.com, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth, Muskies Inc. Go and join Muskies Inc. Be a part of your local chapter. Help out the common good of musky fishing. Ranger Boats, big thanks. Uh, I got to see some photos of some big giant rangers at a local marina, which just happens to be Vicks Marine. Um, that was crazy. A big 400 on the back of that 622. Very neat stuff. Uh, Baker Bates and the Muskie Max Plus. Keep it on the calendar. Early March. Did I miss any guys? You got it. All right. Uh, stay warm. Good luck fishing.